Did you know Book Interrupted has swag? Check out our swag shop on bookinterrupted.com. There's hats, t-shirts, tanks, and a whole bunch more. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. On our show, we often go in directions that that show <laughs> no one was could have predicted. You know, they're like, what if I'm at school and it just like sprays out of my pants? I was like, have you ever seen that happen before? <laughs> I love how we've before. come up with so many entrepreneurial <laughs> ideas. <laughs> and then they like just give that podcast out to people they want to date and be like, see if you like me. <laughs> exactly. I want that shirt for our swag shot, Sarah, FYI. <laughs> On the rag. Yeah, and I'll wear yeah. it when I'm not on the rag too. Mysterious. Okay. Would it be great if I wore my hammer pants? <laughs> Remember those? <laughs> and do a TikTok of doing the hammer dance. Whoa. Sarah Obviously, yes. <laughs> Any excuse for the hammer dance. You ready, guys? Let's do this. Express yourself. Share the wealth. Hold on to your bookmarks, we're off the shelf. Express yourself, it's good for your health. Book Interrupted is off the shelf. (laughs) Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. Hold on to your bookmarks. This episode, Book Interrupted is off the shelf. There's Kirsten. Hi, y'all. Hello. Hello, you. You look so cute, everybody. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Sorry, just getting some water. I always get like so. Yeah, I've got like a, a lot of different drinks. They're like club soda, and water, and coffee. Yeah, I have iced coffee, water. Cheers. I got my kid's water bottle. I got my kid's new water bottle, so they got Violet one with a wolf. She's like terrified of wolves, but she has a strange relationship. And she was like, oh, you got me that because I love animals. I'm like, yeah. And you have like a complicated relationship with wolves. You like love them. In particular. She won't go in any room because she's like, I think there's a wolf in there. I can't go in there alone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, it's funny. My son, when he was little, I don't know, four-ish, he was convinced that there was a cow, a mysterious cow in his room. And he'd wake up at night and he's like, the cow's in there. The cow's in there. I can't, you know, like really upset and so one of my friends who's a therapist came over and she's she's kind of like a tough girl and she's like all right Ari and she came with like a trash bag and a bottle of hairspray like spray hairspray and you know he couldn't read yet or anything so she comes in he's like listen I'm gonna go into your room and I'm gonna take care of the cow no matter what you hear in that room do not open the door and he's like okay Zia okay she's like do not open the door until I say open the door that's the only code Okay, so she's like, I'm going to put the cow in the bag and I'm going to run out and I'll put it in the trunk of my car and then take it away. So he's like, okay, okay. So she goes in there and she's like, all right, you cow. (laughs) You know, the whole thing. And there's, she's pushing furniture. I mean, and he's like this. And she's like, you're getting in the bag. And she wrestles the bag and he sprays hairspray and everything. And then she bangs it. And she's like, all right, I got him. I got him. She's like, be still. My son opens the door and she like runs through and she like throws open the front door. And then she comes back and she's like, you're never going to see that cow again. And then that was the end of it. <laughs> I love her. She's amazing. I love that so much. So funny. I want that to be so my funny. job description. Wouldn't that be? <laughs> Wouldn't that be so that, fun? That would be, so, I mean, actually, I think there's, you have to just like think of like exactly how to market your parents. Like, 
I'm the Terminator, you know, yeah. like, I'm, any weird thing your kid has, I'm going to come in and yeah. get like a cool jumpsuit. <laughs> oh, for sure. I love it. There'd be a whole uniform. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have my own theme song. <laughs> yeah. Like a belt. Yeah. Get a belt with the hairspray and like the different, the trash bags. Yeah. Yeah. The belt would be like lined with like different. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes. What I was going to do, I'd also like light a smoke bomb in there, colored smoke, like the little kind of I like, love those. You know, yeah. so when you open the door, purple smoke comes out and the kid be like, yeah. what did you do yeah, in that's there? That's a great there, idea. The whole spectacle. Uh, right. The theatrics like the of it show. all. Oh yeah. This is like it right go. up Kara's alley. Oh, it so is. <laughs> like, honestly. You're just going to change your major. <laughs> She's like, career change. Your new job. <laughs> Who doesn't want that for a job? How fun oh, that would be. Goodness. I would love great. it. And then I charge Surely. like 300 smacks for it too, you know, like. Oh yeah. Like I'm putting on a show here, guys. <laughs> this outfit didn't sew itself. Yeah. <laughs> came right from Target. Oh gosh, oh, I love stuff like that. That's oh, great. It's good to see you. You too. Yeah, you too. Is. How's yeah. everyone? How have y'all been doing? We're good. We're down two people just because of like colds and that. But other than that, the normal highs and lows of life. I you love know. it. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Like lots of ups and downs around COVID and sort of during the pandemic redirected my attention towards fertility just because that's how I could pay the bills. You know what I mean? Just like things were so bad during the pandemic and ended up just resuscitating something from the old conceivable that's been really helping people and, and mostly lots of TikTok. TikTok is so fun. I just can't get enough of TikTok. I know it's great. Honestly, I remember I judged it harshly at first when I first started to, I was like, I don't understand. I was like, it's just nonsensical silliness, you know? But then I started to get into it more. It's filled with resources and it's highly entertaining. And for the most part, very positive. Yes. I think it's just a platform for people to show their smarts and creativity that never would have access to a public audience. Nerdiest people who are like, I'm so nerdy, but I really love to like do this or that. Uh, But whatever they do is something so amazing. And then they've got 10,000 likes, you know, and you're like, you go, you go, you know, you're just so proud of them. Yeah. It's so true. Have you seen the old gay guys? No. Their, their feed is something like old gays, I think. Five old old gays. I can send it if you can't find it. There's a TikTok on mine. I do edit them because they, we have this whole thing with the trans community in Texas. Now, if you're a a parent of a trans child, you can be prosecuted for child abuse. If you get them medication, I'm not shitting you. That's terrible. Yeah. Just like supporting a transgendered individual who is not 18 years old is a crime now in Texas. As if they need to be ostracized or marginalized anymore. Right. And so like there was a TikTok that I duetted a couple of days ago and it was just like this trans person who's, I bet they were 17 years old and they were saying, look, here's the deal. Like I've been openly trans for nine years. Now my parents are scared that they're going to somehow get prosecuted for this. And they've closed down the clinic where I got my medication. It's just like, so bad. It's like a police state in Texas. Anyways, the old gays, which are so, they did this thing like, don't mess with Texas. Because tra- in Texas, we say don't mess with Texas. Texas just thinks they're so badass. When we, in many ways, we are, but not now. So they made this thing about like, don't mess with Texas trans. And they did like, they dance. They're like 60 or 70 and they're so fucking cute. And <laughs> like, they'll dance in their underwear, saggy butts. And I mean, they're so cute. <laughs> they're so- I love it. They're just putting everything out in. there. 
Yeah, I love people who have the vibe of being like unapologetic. And it's not in a like flipping you the bird F you sort of a way, but just those individuals who you can sense who are very comfortable with who they are, that they accept themselves, that sort of unapologetic. I love that. It's so just attractive. Right. Because it it like gives you permission to love yourself the way you are and be like, yeah, we're all just doing our best and we're ourselves and that's good. We're supposed to be different. I think that's the thing. You're like, well, if that person, how they are, however they are, can be liked, you know, and be appreciated and valuable. What about me? Like maybe I can be valued for just who I am and who I'm not and what I think and say and do. And I don't know, I think it's very democratizing and I don't know, it's just like pure fun. And actually, if for those of you guys who have teenagers, it is the primary way that I communicate with my kids. We talk to each other, right? But one of my kids is in college and we send each other TikToks. It's just like a way of like saying like, hey, can you relate to this? And we might talk about it or, you know, whatever. Do that as well with my, my oldest child is 10 and I let them use TikTok as long as it's like open door policy, that there's nothing secretive. And we've gone over the rules for being online and all that. But I noticed that as well, that my 10 year old and I will just send each other little like funny reels and that. And even now my husband, who's 15 years older, and he was very much like a technological dinosaur for the longest time. Now he's even getting in on it and it's so adorable yeah it's really fun I like it a daughter or a son daughter yeah do you follow me I think I do yeah because I mean double check it is all about peer sometimes it's a little bit sexy but actually yeah I should get Charlie my oldest I should get her following your feed because she's going to be coming up to that what you know what I'm most interested in right now is how do we support future menstruators as they begin puberty Because what I found was that it was really sad, such intense shame around their changing bodies, around the way that other people start relating with them, going from like a little girl around their confidence level, around their desire to do smart things. Everything starts really fucking up as their body starts to change. And they are so hungry for information that they don't feel comfortable asking anyone, evidently, but me. (laughs) you know, asking questions. I can't remember if we talked about this on the last episode, asking, you know, like when my first period comes, is blood going to spray out? They need to someone to ask that to. Yeah. You know, they're like, what if I'm at school and it just like sprays out of my pants? I was like, have you ever seen that happen before? (laughs) No, but they just have good luck. You know, I'm like, no, no, it just, but they said like, this is a good question. You know, like, what does it feel like when the menstrual blood comes out? And I was like, I don't know. Like it doesn't really like a nosebleed kind of, I just couldn't even think of it. Like nothing. It's a sneaky little snake Yeah, that'll get you in your white pants. So put on your period (laughs) panties. Have you seen that movie Turning Red? I was just going to say that. We just watched it. Oh yes. We just watched it two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. We watched it yesterday. Yeah. Mimi, you forgot your pads. I wanted to die at that part of the movie. The mom shows up at the school of the main character who's 13 and the mom thinks the daughter has started her period. And she goes to the school property and her daughter's name is Mimi. And she's like, Mimi, you forgot your pads. Or we got Mimi, you forgot your pads. And she's just like, the whole class is looking. Oh yeah, so my gosh. Good. Is it a mainstream movie? It's a Pixar. 
It's yeah. a Pixar movie. Like, it's big. On Disney+. I was, Plus, yeah. I was uh, reading it, some reviews about it. And like, new. it's so interesting because you can see like the adult discomfort sometimes being like, I was watching this with my son and I didn't know when he's 10 and he's not ready to even learn this, but this is exactly what he should be. And people feel like, oh no, it started this conversation we haven't had. I'm like, he's 10 and he doesn't know that this is a thing yet. About the human body? He's going to be experiencing that with people in his life and stuff. And it's just so good that it was so normal in the movie. It just seems kind of what a mom might do. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe a little bit more like over the top because the mom's over the top. But uh, it was great to see that Mm. in a movie. It was. And it dealt with like the other aspects that go along with uh, like your first period. Yeah. It was like you could see that. Yeah. It was puberty. It was the Mm -hmm. rite of passage into puberty and that transitional moment from being a child to being more of a young adult and just noticing that you're like, oh my God, I'm starting to fall for this individual. Like I'm acting all silly. What's happening to me? You know, it's good. I really love that. It's nice to see that in a mainstream. What is it called again? Turning Red. I was going to tell you that you should watch it with Mati. You like totally it's really should, Sarah. I yeah. think one of my friends, she was mentioning that movie. She's like, you really should watch it. It's a really good you and a Mati movie. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's about... It kind of ca- covers like the big emotions yeah. of puberty too. Like it's not just like the mechanics, you're going to get your period or whatever. It, and it's metaphorical in a lot of ways. So it does a really mm-hmm. good job of introducing ideas and concepts that are kind of hard to teach about explicitly, but... The overarching theme of the movie, you kind of get it, especially when you're a grown up looking back at your own experience of that stage of it's your kinda, life. It's funny, right? Because you're like, oh boy. God. <laughs> <We're> some <laughs> some of the moments were cringe worthy. You could empathetically put yourself in the place of the main character and you're just like, no. But, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to write. Now I'm like, oh, they beat me to it. I should have made that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. My I have a four and six year old and they loved it. We talked about periods already because my seven year old boy loved it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that like too many parents that I talk to say things like, well, I'm just going to wait until my kid gets their first period. I'm like, you have missed the boat. You don't want that to just be a surprise. Right. And when you don't talk about it, you communicate that it's not safe to talk about. You're right. They're changing. Their underwear is full of discharge. Nobody's mentioning that they have boobs now. You know, they have to ask for a bra usually. What I just realized is that that time is so precious and so formative about how, you know, a girl, I don't know a good language, like correct language for someone who has not had their first period, who doesn't identify as a female, like future menstruator, just as they're becoming a woman, right? They hate everything about it. And there's just all this secrecy and shame around it. And I'm like, well, no wonder we hate ourselves. No wonder we don't value ourselves as beautiful, not beautiful like the Instagram beautiful, but like beautiful humans and interesting and valuable and- Miracle makers. Yeah, miracle makers. Miracle future. Makers, like yeah. I would say like to my girls on TikTok, I would say, they're like, but how am I going to talk about this? with? How do I ask my mom for pads? And I was like- why do you not want to talk about it? Like, I'm just so ashamed. And I was like, let's talk about that. First of all, we got bamboozled since the beginning of time telling us that we're like dirty and filthy. And the reality is, is without your menstrual blood, there is no future to our species. If the menstrual blood all dries up, our species is over in one generation, done, gone. And I said, plus when you become a menstruator, you can take two cells 
and squeeze them together and make a human. You can make a human. That means that you are a superhuman. That means that when you become a menstruator, you don't just become like this dirty, filthy rag on the dirt in the, you know, in the gutter, but that actually you transform into a superhuman. And how do we help girls and future menstruators have that as they go through that experience of their transforming body, meaning that like, I'm the, the caterpillar in the chrysalis, yeah, chrysalis, you know, and it's like, all right, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, but as they break out and they menstruate that they're like, holy shit, like I'm the coolest thing on the planet. I'm a butterfly, right? To make humans. And I want to see like what happens to society when that's the kind of messaging that all future menstruators are getting as they go through puberty. I think we'll see a very different world. Totally. Cause like I only really embraced it just five minutes ago when I said that, no, just kidding. But like, (laughs) you know what I like maybe after I had a baby, Right. And then I was like, like, that means that there's a giant chunk of time where you're the ashamed, whatever one. Right. So I'd like to shorten that time. There might be that little, you know, difficulty that, you know, growth is often uncomfortable, but I'd like that to be something that isn't prolonged for women because it's such a shame. Like, it's just such a shame that that's the way that it is when the truth is just so the polar opposite. I yeah. mean, have you guys yes. read that, the essay by Gloria Steinem, If Men Could Menstruate? Oh, it's really I read it a bit ago. Yeah, it's really worth reading. I mean, she says if men could menstruate, if men menstruated, menstruation would be the coolest thing on the planet. If men menstruated, men would make us feel bad for not menstruating. If men menstruated, they'd be wearing shirts on the rag and they'd be like, fuck, yeah, I'm on the rag. You know what I mean? <laughs> It would. And we, and we would be diminutive because we did not menstruate. Like it's just, yeah. it's you can't even do this. You, you can't even do it if this. you tried. Exactly. I want that shirt for our swag shot, Sarah, FYI. <laughs> on the rag. Yeah. And I'll wear yeah. it when I'm not on the rag too. Mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many, like I have so many t-shirts. I want to make one that says on the rag. I want to say, fuck yeah. And I want to say, can't touch this. because it's like, you know, we get bombarded with so many messages about, you know, we're not good enough What all the messages that aren't useful to us. And I just want to like wear a t-shirt every single day. Just say, can't touch this. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Mm -hmm. You just, just for myself, even because I'm on camera, maybe I'll do it backwards even so that when I'm on camera, I can remind myself, can't touch this. Can't touch this. (laughs) Watch out. Hammer will come get you. I heard he's not good with money. (laughs) remember those <laughs> and do a tiktok of doing the hammer dance whoa sarah was the hammer dance. yes <laughs> any excuse for the hammer dance I, here go this interruption is brought to you by unpublished do you want to know more about the members and book interrupted go behind the scenes visit our website at www bookinterrupted.com book interrupted this interruption is brought to you by procrastinating we talked about it in the four percent fix and guess what i'm doing today procrastinating i'm supposed to be cleaning my house then reading one of the books for book interrupted and there's a lot of other things some stuff for work and nope you know what i really want to do is i want to bake so I'm going to bake instead. Book interrupted. I was supposed to go on a date with somebody recently 
And they're like, oh, I see you're on a lot of podcasts. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. And he's like, he found one was one of my best friends is a professional comedian. And the guy listened to the podcast and immediately he's like, I don't want to go on a date with you. And I was like, okay. And he goes, you're not a fit for me. And I said, okay. And, and I knew that probably something I had said on the podcast was, you know, controversial <laughs> to him. I said the period word. Yeah. I just think it's really funny that like he, by making that choice, like, oh, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry you haven't evolved more. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, he, all he heard was, this is what he heard out of all the interesting things we could have talked about. He was like, I mean, I, I didn't really want to go out with him in the end because it's kind of like. Exactly. He revealed himself. Right. He, yeah. But even before this, so I was already kind of like, oh, maybe not a good fit. He, and I said, well, just out of curious, like, what was the, you know, what were some of the things that were so mismatched? I didn't want to say off-putting. And he said, your relentless use of profanity, your lack of modesty. Oh my God, you <laughs> shameful woman. Those are the qualities I search for in good You don't want to hear about your period blog. <laughs> He's like, uh, profanity, lack of modesty, pomposity, and full-blown conceitedness. Pomposity. Oh. He's so threatened. What does pomposity mean? She, she's pompous. Like, pompous, like, I think I'm better than everybody else. And I was like, okay, number one and two for sure. I do <laughs> not have modesty and don't choose to. And definitely I swear like a sailor, but I'm working on it. <laughs> No, fuck yeah. <laughs> well, you know why? Because the, uh, the FCC, like if you use it a lot on podcasts, then sometimes that can ding people. Well, that's so, the oh. next shirt. Fuck the FCC. Yes. Yes. Barreto FCC fucking can't control. <gasps> I like it. I'm going to write that down. You spell it FCC, like different somehow. F-U-C-C-K. Uh-huh. Yes. I don't know. Or FCCK. I don't know. Yes. Yes, but you could do it in different colors and different. Like fonts. you'd have to like write it. Yeah. It could be like F. You know, big we'll F. Figure it U, out. You know what I'm C-C-K, talking about, Kim, right? And then you, and yeah, then in yeah. parentheses, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, you guys, we could have a whole like T-shirt company. <laughs> I can make that shirt for you and send it to you. I'll make it for you. And send I want you. a copy of every shirt, please, Sarah. Leah puts them all together. And then they put it in the swag shop. So we, we made a... I'll put it in the swag. I love how we've before. come up with so many entrepreneurial <laughs> ideas in less than 30 minutes, like about fun swag shop ideas and how to save children from oh, imaginative wow. creatures. I thought you were going to say how to save children from the shame of growing up. <laughs> yeah, I like this idea. I thought that's like... where she was going too. I was like, oh. <laughs> I like the idea of like having people come on your podcast. So you just have the conversations with them and then they like, just give that podcast out to people they want to date and be like, see if you like me. <laughs> right. That's a great like, like dating, dating resume, the dating resume podcast. <laughs> and like, you, you could be like, I want to put myself out there. And then so people could listen to all the podcasts be like, that person's nice. And like contact them <laughs> or whatever. Actually, another know- brand new idea, like for a dating app. You just compile all on the podcasts. You're like, want to get to know me? Here's my library. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. No, actually, I just had an idea for you guys. You let people hire you like five grand, like a lot of money, right? And you bring them on and you just interview them. And it's basically like for dating purposes. You know what I mean? And then men mm. would watch it and pay you to watch it. I mean, all you do is you just connect the people, right? You don't need investing or anything like that. It'd be just like a way for people to get introduced to other people that they would want to date through an interview process where somebody could watch a whole interview and then throw like it. Like it. Questions like, I don't like her and she can never, she doesn't even ever have to know. 
it removes that have all the crazy questions we come up with like and how about this what about this riding a unicorn thing like things that come out of us for no reason right yeah when we talked about merkins what is, is it with a merkin <laughs> oh my gosh we've gone into yeah merkins. have you what learned about what merkins are i have no Kristen? idea oh what is that God. it's like it a was... toupee for your genitals <laughs> it's a pubic toupee <laughs> And it's called a merkin. A is this because people like, you know, we're all like waxing everything off? And then I think it's like, like for the 70s if you're in a movie, like, oh. and you happen to have a different style. But you can buy them for personal use. I love this idea. I think they're going to be popular one day. Like, yeah, like some have like, glitter on my, them. Uh, Valentine's Day merkin. You can have like whatever, and it'll be matching your outfit. So you like take off your like underwear and then they'll be matching your underwear. Like I love the idea. Like I don't I don't want a merkin, but I like I like the idea that it could be a trend. You know what I mean? The point is, is that on our show, we often go in directions mm -hmm. no one could have predicted. Yeah, no one could have predicted that we were gonna start talking about them for 10 minutes. It might even have been a show about trauma. Like, I don't know. Like it was I think it might have been. It was. It was a show about trauma. And we started talking about Merkins. Well, you uh, know what? You know who'd be a good audience for it is the little girls who are going through puberty who don't have pubes yet because they're really embarrassed about that. Like if all their friends have developed, I, you know, I wouldn't really recommend this, but you know, they're always like, but I don't have any pubes and everybody else. And then when I go to a sleepover, it's embarrassing because I don't want anybody to see that I haven't gotten any pubes yet. Hmm. Interesting. Have but if they guys... found out you were wearing a Merkin, you'd never live it down. <laughs> I'm just being real. Yeah, totally true. You faker. I'm just putting out there. <laughs> That's the thing. Is that is what gets eliminated if we can shorten that space of shame where yeah. everybody gets pre-educated and then it's like, oh, yeah. you just you're not there yet. Like whatever. Mm -hmm. It's totally normal because everybody is different or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. My daughter's group of friends are kind of at that because I've talked to my daughter since reading your book and her two of her best friends their mothers are really open about it too then the three of them talk about it openly like oh this girl has this because she's developing faster than I am like you know what I mean like they're all talking openly about all the things happening to their bodies for me my daughter's part of that because of your book because mm -hmm. it gave me like the courage like courage. strength or courage to be like I can talk about this. This is normal. I, I can talk to my girlfriends about it. I don't know why I can't talk to my daughter. I think more of these kind of conversations makes it easier for adults to talk to their children and their children to be okay with it. Then they find other girls that they're okay talking about it. And then because those girls are talking about it, maybe one that has a mother that's not going to is openly talking to those girls about it. And, you know, it's like dominoes. Ripple right? effect. Yeah, ripple yeah. effects. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that it's like even my daughter, who's my daughter, right? I asked her, I said, well, she was like 13 and I didn't think she had her period yet. If she did, she wasn't telling me, you know, and I said, have you had your period yet? And she said, no. And I said, what about your friend? She goes, I have no idea. <laughs> Just, and I said, well, don't y'all talk about, and she goes, never. And I said, and don't you bring it up? And she goes, never. Like, that's none of my business. So I was really interested, you know, that. Even the kid who grew up, like every day I do a live show talking about this, that she is privy to all of this information, you know, for the last few years. And she's, you know, still like, didn't feel comfortable even talking about it with her friends. And so the stigma is great. And I think that Sarah, to your point, I think that none of our parents, I mean, not none, I shouldn't say that. So few of our parents 
had mentioned, my mom just handed me a box of tampons. That was the whole talk, right? So we don't have any modeling of how to gracefully, I think people are waiting for the talk and then that makes it so awkward. Like you haven't said anything and now they're 12 and you're like, okay, here's the deal. Blood's gonna come out, you know, the whole thing. And what I think that is better is what some of you guys are already doing is just like, you're just talking about it all the time. I always try and say this on every podcast that I'm on. The power play is where the dads can help, where mom is cooking dinner and dad comes in and is like, baby, I got to go to the grocery store. Um, do you need anything? And she's like, mm, I don't think so. He goes, isn't your period coming soon? Do you need any tampons or pads? Like just, it's just out there, right? And I think that's where we are. Yeah, same. Yeah. My kids will ask their dad, like we were talking about seeing red and they're asking questions and, and he's answering questions and I'm answering questions. And they're just, it was just our conversation over dinner or whatever. But they need to be casual. That's what's so great, Meredith. Yeah. Because then it's just like, they feel comfortable talking about anything. It's, it's not easy. But I think that when the dad is also talking about it, if there's a dad, if there's an opposite sex marriage, because that way they're like, oh, my mom's cool and dudes seem cool too. Everybody's cool about this. It's not like this, oh, only for the women to know about and we got to keep it all secret. And also the other power play is that whenever um, mom is having her period, even if she doesn't have period problems, just some show of dads showing her some dignity and, and honor, you know, and special care, like, hey, it's your period, you know, the first day of your period, I know sometimes you don't feel that good. How about if I cook dinner tonight? Or how about if I order some takeout for us? Or can I make you a cup of tea? I know you're having your first day of your period. Because that models for her, this is what kind of mate you want to have, who's going to yeah. just acknowledge what's happening for you and love and treat you with kindness and loveliness. Right. So then when you're older, if you don't have that mate, you can be like, listen, First day of my period, I need you to take care of things. And I don't right. want to have to ask you every month. You just got to know that I'm going to be out of it. So yeah. that's your part. And that I deserve that, right? And that I'm yeah. worthy of just, I think that is a piece that as I talk to more and more people, just our worthiness is so low. So often people get choked up when I say like, you know, actually you're worthy of that. You're worthy of getting all of that, even without doing anything or being anything. People always cry when I say that. All of us are so struggling with our own worthiness, you know? And I think this comes back to the beginning of this conversation. Society told us, you actually, you're not worthy. You're gross, kind of. And you got this defect of menstruation. And it's just such sand in the eyes of just trying to keep us down. Yeah. yeah. And small, you know? And and also, so like, sometimes people like to... I, as a general thing that we talk about a lot in our house is that when people are putting something down or whatever, sometimes it's because they don't understand it. And so when you misunderstand, you have fear and fear can make people do terrible things, right? Yeah. Well, that's like absolutely in line with what I was going to say. It's not just your period. It's you can see when you trace it backwards, just how not even worthy of knowing about were women in the patriot. You know what I mean? Because yeah. of the male dominant history. And so it's just that like what you're describing, it's just that byproduct. Like there, it's yeah. just ignorance and it's translated. I mean, it could even be worse. It could be active oppression. Could be. Do you think guys? Like <laughs> So it's not <laughs> just me the evidence. It's just, <laughs> yeah. That's like that thing, right? Where it's like, well, oh, the water's fine. And then the other person's like, what's water? You know what I'm talking about? Like, 
Anyway, <laughs> just keep thinking about that whenever you speak, Kirsten, because it's so insidious, I guess, right? It's not just talking about it openly because there's still messaging in our Every- air we breathe, right? About why it's not okay. So it's it's quite a yeah. uphill battle to try to re- brand or like reprogram women in general well because when you go to the drugstore to get your tampons if you don't order them online you have to go to the sanitary aisle sanitary because you're like look at the labeling (laughs) yeah right deodorizing you know and so many women on my lives are like how do you get rid of chronic bacterial vaginosis and i was like you have to stop using all that weird soap on your crotch. Yeah, products made by men are not advised. Your crotch, your pussy does not need to smell like strawberry and all of that fragrance and strong soap <laughs> is killing all the good. It's, it's a double-edged sword, right? It's, it makes you more stinky. It does, right? So it's like you use the, you know, strawberry vagina soap, which I just infuriates me. And then for a second, you smell like a strawberry, probably still tastes like shit, like an like artificial chemicals. strawberry. Right. <laughs> And then it kills off all the bacteria. Then you get BV. Then your crotch really does smell like a dead fish. Then you wash more and then it's more fishy and more itchy and more raw. And you're like, I can't get rid of wash more, wash more. And they buy more and, and like just water. And like, I can't do that. And yet nobody's talking about the smell of a sweaty testicle, which I'm sure is. (laughs) Oh, never talking. Oh my God. You know what I mean? as delicious no it's not even that they don't talk about it they talk about it and it's almost like a matter of pride it's just like that same right? thing we oh, just talked balls. about oh balls smell oh balls everybody knows when you say like ball sweat smell everyone's like yep but it's not like a thing that's embarrassing it's perfectly accepted it's perfectly accepted it's like it, yeah it doesn't evoke shame oh yeah. i did so many i reek yeah, 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 yeah. it doesn't make yeah. you disgusting yeah it's just your sweaty balls damn a fucking mm, right like and then if we have like this tiniest bit of sweat smell like baby you smell funky you need to go get take deal with that why don't you smell like a strawberry (laughs) i love to kiss strawberries because are we having salmon with strawberry sauce tonight Oh boy! i mean you know i think the evidence like i just made a tiktok a couple days ago there was why do you sometimes smell are smelly sometimes right after sex. And it's basically because men's sperm is very alkaline and our vaginas are a little bit acidic. Their alkalinity throws off our balance and we get like a little micro infection. That got 2 million views in three days because the topic was, do you feel smelly after sex or something? You can smell it. Yeah. You can smell um, the sex in the room. So many women were like, oh my gosh, my mate has been blaming me for this stink for like since the beginning of time and really it's their fault. It's their Yeah. You're yep. doing something to me. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't smell like fish before you unless you're using the strawberry soap. <laughs> <laughs> the strawberry sauce. Wow. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing because like that's a 2 million views. It's almost demonstrating to us that's our proof that's our proof that we're hungry for this that we're recognizing something instinctively and intuitively within us our own wisdom knows we don't need to feel shame we want to break out of that conditioning around this and it's so hard these days it's it's kind of hard to find information online because you google something and the top the top hits are just the stuff that like has 
whatever paid the and, most yeah and the algorithm and stuff like that or it's, and it's not necessarily good stuff right it's all like webmd or whatever and sometimes i'm not ragging on webmd specifically but some of these top hits that stuff they say is not necessarily what you need to hear it's all every of the top page everything is saying the exact same thing and it's hard to find like anything that's credible and you you really do have to have skill to find uh, kind of a credible source and even then so for most people trying to find out about something, your top hits might be like, you're smelly because you're dirty. You know, like it's hard to find like the good information. <laughs> it's Occam's um, razor. It's like, there's so much <laughs> now, like the internet has so much that almost like it has nothing. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? It's like, what's the point sometimes, right? And, well, um, and, and even on TikTok, sometimes when I make controversial content like that, that's informative. And, you know, I try to be as like data backed as possible. People will pop in and be like, don't listen to her. She's not a doctor. She's, this isn't true. I'm like, here's the link to the study. Now, like on my fertility one, because I say a lot of controversial stuff on my fertility, they'll often say like, she's not a doctor. I'm like, you know what kind of doctor I'm? I'm the doctor your fertility doctor goes to when she can't get pregnant. That's what kind of doctor I am. Yep. And I'm like, okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'll put a baby in you if you're not careful. <laughs> in you and in you and in you. <laughs> I'll show you what kind of doctor I am. <laughs> supernatural one <laughs> put a baby in you i don't even know who you are <laughs> i do have to tell you all a story speaking of supernatural so i've been i don't know we talked about joe Dispenza's work ever but we did is i got to spend a day with him by like kind of another miracle Ooh. and in the meditation one of the things he asks you to do you're like in a suggestive station he's like okay imagine your life your dream life you know you imagine it and then basically what you're trying to do is like okay that's your life now what does it feel like right hmm. And so what you're trying to do is stop being addicted to whatever you're addicted to, fear, anxiety, hate, whatever, and start addicting to yourself to the feeling that that life elicits for you. So you're like, oh, that's my life. What does that feel like? That feels pretty great. I mean, feels amazing, you know? And so when I was, Joe was like, so what's your life? And I told him what it was. And he was, okay, that's like awesome. Like there's no good, right or wrong. He goes, can you elevate it even more? And I kind of thought that I was like, had played pretty big, you know? I said, it feels like it's competition. Like why, why is this? He goes, well, because the, the, the bigger the picture that you paint for self, the stronger the emotion that your response is if that actually is your life. Hmm. So I was like, well, I don't know. I'd already played like really big. I was like, okay, I won the Nobel prize in medicine for the work that I'm doing and the Nobel peace prize for what I'm going to do with puberty. I'm just, just making shit up. Right. And telekinesis, I can, just communicate with people in any time, space, you know, I'm just making shit up, right? A few weeks after I was doing this meditation, my little chihuahua, she's like five pounds. She wears like almost all year round, a t-shirt and a jacket. She's just really <laughs> cold all the time. She does not go outside if it's less than like 80 degrees Fahrenheit. She, if she does, she runs out, pees and immediately runs back in. She's the kind of chihuahua that Ricky Gervais would say, would like to be carried around in a Louis Vuitton bag by a gay guy, you know, <laughs> she's princess. So we have to wake up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m. The fire things like beep, beep, like change the battery. I'm like, son of a bitch. So my little dog goes in the front and my big dog goes in the back and just usually it was 33 degrees. So like, you know, almost zero y'all's one degree Celsius. The big dog barks in the front and I look back and the little dog's gone. And I was like, oh, come on. It's I'm in a tank top and underwear. Like I'm not going out in 30. Degrees. So call her a few times and nothing. And then I shake her bowl with some food that usually will make her come. If anything else, nothing. I was like, oh, put clothes on. It's 2 a.m. 
I walk up and down my street till 5 a.m. Just like tinka, tinka, tinka with her bowl. Beauty, 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 beauty. It's so cold, windy. We're in Texas, man. It's like so warm all the time. And so by five, I was like, decided she froze to death. She just comes, you know what I mean? She does not want to be out. And I was like, something must have got her or whatever. And as I was walking up to my house, I started crying a little bit. I, was, I went to Catholic school when I was growing up, but I'm not practicing Catholic anymore. And I was like, St. Anthony, I'm the worst fucking Catholic in the world. He's the guy who helps you with lost things. And I was like, but this dog has just made a difference for so many people. Please don't let her freeze tonight. Please just help her find her way. Just please. And um, I go in, I go to sleep on the couch just in case she scratches on the door. Okay, y'all aren't going to believe this. So two hours later at 7 a.m., I wake up. She's not there. I cry a little bit more. I pick up my phone. There is a note, a text from the fucking Catholic church. <laughs> and it says, oh, heard your message. <laughs> Hi, this is Betsy from St. Louis Catholic church. We have beauty. Oh. <laughs> I was like, message was received. St. <laughs> yeah. Anthony, Anthony was here. here. And she said, he the priest dog. found her on the front porch of the church. When he came in this morning, Oh, she walked a mile and a half. In like freezing, freeze. She doesn't, she doesn't, this dog doesn't want to do anything, right? And it wasn't even like one street. She had to like zigzag over streets. She knows like if she gets lost, she just goes to any door and scratches on the door. She's so cute. People will just take her in. She passed a hundred houses on the way that she could have scratched on the door and then ends up at the Catholic church at seven o'clock in the morning. So just a reminder for everyone who's listening that your mind is so flipping powerful and that we really underestimate what's possible and we limit ourselves every single day by what we believe and what we think is true and what we think is real. Anybody who hears this, I hope there's like, we just keep expanding what's possible. What do we think is possible and keep expanding that. Joe always says, everything that we think about anything is totally fucking made up anyways. If you think you're a piece of shit, that's made up. If you think you're the queen of Sheba, that's made up. Why not pick something good? It is a choice. Whatever we think is possible is made up. Why not make up something extraordinary? Why not make up telekinesis? Why not make up world peace? Why not make up all young future menstruators feel amazing as they pass through that transition into womanhood and menstrualhood, whatever you want to call it, if you're not a a non- a female oriented person. So, cause in the meditation, you always ask for a sign that's unequivocal, you know, like, I hope that if I'm making this connection with the field or whatever you want to call it, that can you just send me a sign every once in a while that like, we're there, we're getting there. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's incontrovertible. Like I can't even message received. Right. So, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Isn't that insane? I love yes, it. It's so, so great. great. I love all of it. Well, Well, may we all continue to believe that great things are possible for women and those who identify as being uh, girls and women, and that may we in the very near future be a part of a world that is just open and casual and well-educated with female health. I like it. I was listening to this radio show last night just when I was driving home, and there was this, I can't remember what the artist's name, there was this singer- they basically just came out with this album that was about their gender identity. And they're like, basically the songs were just, I don't know. I'm not a girl. I'm not a guy. I'm somewhere in between. And just like, and just let me be like, quit making such a big deal about it. Like 
just let me be wherever I am and quit fucking with me about it. And, you know, it's like so easy to just do that. I don't know why we have to try to control these things and have agendas against people who are just trying to fucking figure themselves out. Fear. I mean, fear. The people who are making those rules are scared that they, because they don't feel comfortable in their own skin. They don't. Right. Sometimes when people are scared, they look for someone to blame, like the blame game. And what do you think they're scared of? Like not fitting in. When you were just talking, it made me think about how clothes used to just be clothes until someone figured out that if we make boys clothes blue and girls clothes pink, then we can sell twice as many clothes. Right. So that was influenced 100 percent by money, like capitalism. It's really influenced a whole bunch of stuff too that makes everybody freak out like that's based in fear and lack and getting something outside of yourself to fix something inside of yourself Mm. but the fear that you speak of I think it's not fitting in because everything's been categorized and organized and Mm. this is right and this is wrong and this is what you want and this is what you need yeah we just feel uncomfortable with uncertainty and operating within the gray it feels safer to be extreme, you know, on one end or the other. Mm. And I think in addition to what you're saying, KJ and Meredith, I also think that we're within a society that reinforces and rewards productivity, action. Complicity. Yes. Conform. Like you're saying, well, we can't shed that. Yeah, absolutely. It's much safer to conform. Mm. And we Mm. haven't, celebrated or helped ourselves or others learn the skill sets of pausing, reflecting, wondering about things. It's not safe to sometimes go to the tender spots within to try to understand ourselves a bit more, especially if we don't have the words or the language to make sense of it. So it would require that, yeah, that the consumeristic, capitalistic, modern world would have to start pumping the brakes a lot more. And there'd have to be a lot more relational connections and support for people who are in high fear to say, I'm struggling right now. I just noticed that this non-binary person is triggering something within me. Like it's inviting us to get out of our heads and to sink more into our bodies. And that's scary for a lot of us. Mm. That's so interesting. I think that the nonconformity is like, when you said that, that really resonated with my experience of people, like, cause they feel like they need to brace themselves. Something like if everybody's not standing in the straight line, something really bad could happen. That's I don't right. even know what that is. Right. It's just an it, impression. Right. And yeah. I mean, it's kind of drilled into a lot of people like growing up, you have to do this or this, you know, a lot of people were, were raised with, you know, rewards and punishments. So it's like, if you don't do A, you'll be punished. And if you accomplish B, you'll be rewarded, but it's all about conforming and not necessarily like just being yourself and trying to be your best self all the time. It's like, we have these things you have to do and you have to do all of these if you're going to be accepted. And it, I think it comes down to love, right? Because when we reward people and we punish people, what we're saying is your acceptance and the love for me is conditional. And if you want to be accepted and loved, then these are the conditions. And, and then when you, you're older and maybe you, you've internalized that and you see some people who aren't following the rules you're raised on and they're going against it, they're like, but no, wait, that's not okay. We have to stop this because that's wrong. I can't accept it because I know that that's not right. And maybe they don't know why, but they, they know that there's these, there's conditions 
to yeah. being accepted and being loved. And that's, we've been talking about this whole podcast that when we have these expectations, we're saying there's these conditions for you to be accepted. And that's part of kind of the, I guess the shame around, yeah. it's got to be like this and you got to be discreet about it and stuff. And if you're not, then and we don't love you. We don't love you. Well, yeah, well, we're back to worth. Yeah. Like I was going to say, Meredith, I think you're right. Everything that you've just said, because it's also indirectly communicating that we don't come with an inherent worth. I was paying attention during the, what happened to you? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I mean, part of it comes down to like how you're raised as a child and how you've internalized what is worth and your identity. And then you get older and they're like, wait a minute. You're whatever you're doing is, was not okay when I was growing up. And so I need to stop it now. Because if I don't, then what is love for me? How, mm-hmm. how can I ever be loved? Yeah. Well, even if we look at religion, right? In Christianity, at least, either you conform or you get kicked out of the garden. And if you are here in an earthly way and you don't conform, then you get sent to hell. So there isn't any absolute worth. It like doesn't exist because it's like you can transcend the rules, which then gets you booted out of, and growing up in a Catholic family, that was exactly the orientation in my house. I got kicked out of my family so many times, you know, like <laughs> call it even excommunicated. They're like, well, you got excommunicated. I was like living with my boyfriend, right? When I was right out of college, they're like, you're living in sin. You're Simple. excommunicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same thing. Like you're only worth our love. If you do what we tell you to do, even though you're 21 years old. Yeah. Uh And I think a lot of, I mean, to a lot of parents defense, I don't think they think they're communicating that when they, they do that. They're like, I'm just trying to do the best thing for you. But the underlying message is if you don't do A and B. I really believe that everything boils down to love or fear. That's literally it. Right. Me too. (laughs) And so what you're saying Mare, is exactly that, right? Like you're either acting in love or you're acting in fear and there is no in between. And so parents sometimes think they're acting in love, but they're really acting out of fear because they don't want you to be rejected. So they do love you, but they're afraid that if you don't step in line, you know, what is society going to think? Or they may, what are people going to think about me? And I think it's really helpful to simplify it that way, because then when you have tough decisions to make, you can really get clear. Like, am I doing this because I'm afraid or am I doing this you know, because I love myself and I trust myself and I will proceed because of that. So I think that's for A Course in Miracles is where I learned that one. We also talked about it a bit during the Untamed book cycle, I think. It reminds me of that. that. But yeah, that's a good point. You could take any kind of thing and step back and when you're reflecting and say, okay, what does the fear path look like? And what does the love path look like? And the love path is really hard sometimes, especially when it comes to our families and our kids, especially when it, it means letting them suffer to become who they are. Cause we have all these important moments in our life. Like, you know, like your kid comes home and they're upset or they're crying and stuff and you want to go solve their problem, but that kind of stuff hurts. But sometimes all you need to do is be like, I didn't like you to do that, but I love you no matter what. So what are you going to do? Right. Like, Ironically, the love thing. path involves accepting fear, right? Like I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to feel like, because usually the fear path is about avoiding these uncomfortable feelings, right? So the love path is like, I have to accept that I am going to be shitting my pants on this entire journey. (laughs) It's like the uh, going on a bear hunt song, right? Yeah. (laughs) I would be shitting my pants on a bear hunt as well. You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under. You got to go through it. Go through it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Well, I mean, I think that was a a parent of young kids. Sorry. (laughs) As a parent, it's really hard though, because children are not equipped to often make a decision that is in their best interest. 
So I always struggled, like, like my daughter was getting bullied when she was 15 years old. And I really wanted to get involved, right? Because it was really affecting her self-esteem and she wanted to avoid pain, right? Because she didn't want me to get involved. You know, it was just like really a hard decision. I wanted to respect her wishes, but I saw that what was happening is actually really hurting her emotionally. And I still like, I didn't get involved and I still don't even know if that was the right decision because it did injure her self-esteem a lot and her confidence. So I think that the love and the fear can get so enmeshed. They're just the sides of the two things are just can be so, you know, it's on the sides of the same sometimes. coin, a hundred percent. Because like, if you got involved, yeah. it's because you're afraid she's going to get fucked up from it. If you didn't get involved, is it because you're afraid you're going to fuck her up for being involved? Right? Exactly. So, yes. Like, <laughs> and like, sometimes you think you pick the right one uh, and you're like, this is the love path. And, and later you're like, maybe I could have done that differently. Right. Like that's maybe. when you just have to love yourself. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yes. Right. Stumble forward. Stumble, Stumble forward. forward. Yeah. 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 That's good. Already a shirt, Kirsten. That's a yeah. shirt on our interspace. <laughs> <laughs> we need a transcription. Yeah. <laughs> well, we only have five minutes left. Thank you so much for coming back on. Oh, we just so love you. you. I love you. Yes. I love you guys so much. I was like, I thought that I screwed it up and missed it. So I'm like, damn it. Not self-love. <laughs> You're such a loser. Why can't you give up your schedule? <laughs> I know. Well, I just, I mean, ultimately I just, the calendar invite will never get it wrong or, you know, so after I did that, I just looked at the calendar invite and like, okay, I'm good. I can watch some more. Matt, marvelous Mrs. Maisel in bed and drink tea for a little bit longer. I'm worthy (laughs) and I'm worthy. And I'm worthy. Even if I struggle to manage my time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the invite for coming back and happy to join you guys just for any conversation about anything. It's just like a fun coffee hour. So happy to do that. Do you want to say what your TikTok station is? Oh, your website. So people. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to connect with me, the best way is on my website. If you go to the chat button, it actually goes to my phone. So that's the easiest way to get in touch with me, foreverbrazen.com. I guess that'll be in the show notes. If you want to follow along on the journey on TikTok at the period expert, and if you're struggling to get or stay pregnant, we just developed a scoring tool to predict the likelihood of natural conception, and then a strategy to help people to improve those things. So you can get that also at foreverbrazen.com. You just scroll down to the part about fertility. If you have a preteen who wants to know when they're going to have their first period, they can also take the assessment. When's my first period going to come on forever brazen uh, also. Oh, that's, that's great. cool. Ooh, I'm going to do oh, that cool. for Maggie. Yeah. I was Thank like, you've you. got your period, That's fantastic. Sarah. Not for me. <laughs> As I go back in time. Too late. Too late, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. oh, I would have done it though. Such a planner. <laughs> I would have been like, when? Totally. Exact like, I'm busy on You're Tuesday. <laughs> they really... It's not like it's an early kind of version of it. it'll get better as, as we collect more data, but it, you know, it's within like three to six months accurate. So that's great. Like yeah. it's better than not knowing at all, like grade yes. seven or grade eight, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. Well, it's always hard to say goodbye, Kristen. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's true. Really fun. Okay. I really enjoy you guys. I wish we could <laughs> all like go on vacation together or something. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. A book club is just a book without members. 
Join the community by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or sign up for exclusive content through our website at bookinterrupted.com unpublished. We'd like to give a big shout out to our listeners. Your support makes this all possible. Thank you for the uplifting feedback and for recommending us to family and friends. We love hearing from you. Please reach out through our website at bookinterrupted.com fans or by emailing connect at bookinterrupted.com. We appreciate you for taking time out of your busy schedule to connect with us. See you next time on Book Interrupted. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. Sometimes I read these books and I want to talk to somebody about it and people are just like, what are you talking about? Like the birds? You know, accepts you, just one of them, observing, and then you get to see all these creatures and basically be part of nature. I thought it was cool. You got to like, I don't know, learn all sorts of different things, which is all- Yeah, it's very outdoorsy, yeah. And you get rewarded. That will work (laughs) because it's really like beautiful and awesome. Yeah, totally. And he grabbed the- the robin egg <laughs> and popped it in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> Book interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.